0: So I'm here with Gorosimo, and we are in. Where are we?
1: Local Ocean Trust. And uh, where? Rescue, what rescue center? Turtle rescue center.
0: And where? What town are we in?
1: In Watamu, Kenya.
0: Watamu, and it's near Malindi, right?
1: Yeah, it's near Malindi.
0: So we're looking down at this pool, and what have I got here? Green sea turtle? Yeah, yeah
1: it's a hawksbill turtle. Hawksbill. actually. Yeah, it's a hawksbill turtle. So. <coughs> So the the story of this turtle is that she was uh, she was rescued before uh, probably three three years ago when I mean, she was still like a, a pump size like that. Wow. So, yeah, and the local ocean trust staff was able to to rescue her. Uh, uh, what had happened to her? Yeah, she was uh, is it a child or a a child from the community? Was able to see her in the in the beach like that, and she's just very small. So, oh. so so they, they, they show it to the local Ocean Trust staff, and so we decided to to grow it here at the rescue center. Uh, actually, <coughs> she has really have some some deformities because like she cannot really swim uh, fully. So that's why we 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 have to maintain her at our this this pool like that Uh so we keep on on feeding her regularly every day like that what does a hawksbill turtle eat she usually eat actually in in the in the ocean she usually eats sponges but here now we are feeding her like crabs uh, fish and prawns and shrimps like that we feed her at least three times a day so that's why she she reads lots that kind of (coughs) Size. size like that. So
0: she's growing fast.
1: Yeah yeah.
0: And uh-huh. Hawksbill turtles are on the endangered species yeah, list aren't yeah, they? Yeah
1: it's very endangered species because so many people are they want the this it's a beautiful shell. Yeah this beautiful carapace like that so, because they use it for for jewelries like that.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So that's why it's very endangered.
0: It's very beautiful. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah very beautiful also.
0: And uh, so you're gonna have to tell me how come you came and where did you come from, and what
1: part of the world? So actually, I I came from the Philippines. Yeah. Um, uh, Bahaginan uh, recruited me, so I <coughs> I'm living at Ormoc City, Leyte, part of Central Visayas in the Philippines. Oh okay. Yeah. So I. <clears throat> my 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 background actually is I'm an agriculture graduate, but oh <laughs> yeah yeah. But my but my experience uh, working experience is more. I'm working with the fishermen and uh, in the Philippines. Oh, so I've been working here for in the Philippines for almost ten years, working with the fishermen like that. So that's why when when local ocean trust in Kenya <clears throat> uh, needs some volunteers, so I I readily feel in the 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 position, uh-huh. so what I'm uh, actually my my main my main function or uh, in the office is I'm a community mobilizer. Okay. So because the, the local ocean trust also have some community groups living near the mida creek and around Watamo uh-huh. So they have these fishermen. Uh, uh, most of them are most of them are engaged in fishing like that so <coughs> part of my function is to provide capacity building uh, interventions to the group so that uh, they could uh, have more people helping yeah m- more people helping and they could easily manage their organization and uh-huh. also in uh, participating on conservation activities of the in watamo is there
0: is this is this a um, Coral reef area, fringing yeah, reef, yeah, or yeah. what is it?
1: Yeah, this is this is this. Watamo is uh, actually a national uh, national reserve like that. Okay. Yeah. And so
0: uh, th- and who op- who manages the national reserve?
1: Yeah, actually the main the main agency responsible in managing this is the Kenya Wildlife Service.
0: Kenya Wildlife Service. Yeah, yeah
1: Kenya Wildlife Service. Mm. So <coughs> and some other and here there are NGOs like. Like the local ocean trust, trust um, yes. a- Arocha Kenya. Arocha? Arocha. Arocha? Arocha. Arocha Kenya. Kenya. Yeah.
0: yeah, another uh, NGO? It's, uh,
1: yeah, it's another NGO and main, whose main purpose is also mar- uh, marine conservation and, and environmental conservation.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I've come to Kenya after 21 years, and when I went uh, snorkeling at Diani, yeah. it was like a desert since really, 21 years. Really. Like the coral is dead.
1: Yeah.
0: How's the coral doing here?
1: But here in Watamo I I I think it's still it's very yeah, it's still very healthy. It's healthy. Yeah, it's yeah, still very healthy and because th- there are also so many organizations that involve in conservation because we have also here the Watamo, Watamo Marine Association okay. it is composed of different organizations working oh, in Watamo. Ah,
0: collaboration. And yeah,
1: and its main purpose is also conservation. Huh. Protection and <coughs> sustainable management of Watamu Marine Park.
0: Okay, so tell me another some of the other endangered species that are here at Wadamu.
1: Uh yeah, actually it's 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 mostly turtles and some, some fishes also. Some yeah. fish. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like which kind, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not, not sure. sure so turtles common, are your thing. But I'm I'm sure it's the turtle. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, ho- do hawksbills lay their eggs here in Watamo? Yeah, yeah,
1: actually in in Africa. Uh, actually in in the world there are already there were uh, seven different species of turtle and five of these are can be found in Africa. Okay. And in Kenya three. Three of these five turtles are nesting nesting in Watamo. Wow. Yeah, this is one hawksbill. Yes. The hawksbill, the Green turtle and the olive gridley. Oh, the, yeah, that's olive
0: gridley, green sea turtle,
1: and the and
0: they yeah. all come
1: yeah, to all lay the. When
0: do they come and lay their eggs?
1: Yeah, there's there's a season in in some of the year. Actually, so we have some like. Kahindi, he's the Hindi is the is the field manager on, on this nesting. Yes. We have some records actually, in what time of the year that they usually uh, lay their nest, their eggs like that.
0: So what do you need the people in Watamu to do to help you conserve the... <coughs> well, yeah. When you're mobilizing them, what yeah. are you trying to... Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. during our meetings and our gatherings like that, we, we clearly emphasize to them that the turtle is very important in our ecosystem and...
0: So uh, why we is it... Should, e-
1: we should protect them and...
0: Why is it important to the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, because, you know, if turtles... If there were so many turtles, there were also so many fishes around because turtle is an indicator that there are still so many marine uh, oh. resources in the area.
0: So when the turtle goes down yeah. and, and then um, you yeah. also want them to stop poaching turtle. Yeah, of
1: course. And yeah, we, we clearly emphasize to them that turtles should be, you should take care of the turtles because they can they can really help us in ensuring uh, for the regeneration of the marine resources. In
0: okay, so in do, the the, do the people in Watamu. Have uh, like in Hawaii, they have a they call they have they say the turtle is a spirit. In Watamu, yeah, do yeah they also have it's
1: it's it's still almost the same because before some of the forefathers here in like living here in, especially in the coast, yeah, they will not touch, they will not, uh, touch, uh, they will not um, kill this, killed or yeah, of this animals because. To them, it's it's a sacred. It's sacred, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's sacred.
0: So it's saying But I I noticed yesterday in Diani at night yeah. that the big trawlers are just past the fr- a reef, and uh, my cousin said that the big there's some big green sea turtles have shown up dead on the reef. Really, I'm on the on the shore. Oh yeah. So are there big trawlers getting licenses to come and fish here?
1: No, but not here. Not here, because. I think the the KWS is very the KWS and other organi- organizations are very strict here in especially with these big trawlers. But I know sometimes they could really they could they could really get inside the you know.
0: They can destroy you know, a whole area, yeah, can't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, of course.
0: Okay, so have you ever seen a baby sea turtle?
1: Yet? We have already s- yeah, yeah, young hutslings like that. Yeah? Yeah, we, we really experienced it. Last week that there's an, a nest in the in the beach like yeah? that. that we, we because they are already hatching like that they just go out from the from the sand and they' are crawling towards the sea
0: wow yeah. and are you grabbing them and bringing them here or are you letting them go to no, the sea we'll
1: just let them go to the sea but watch them yeah and watch them and so yeah what
0: seabird eats on eats sea turtles what seabird
1: seabird I'm not so familiar because we're, we're
0: usually the turtles come out and all the seabirds come yeah. and try and
1: but but the usual predators of the of the the hatchlings are these dogs and the oh. cats like that. Oh. Not so with the not so with the birds. Seabirds, okay.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. And how long have you been here?
1: Yeah, I've been here. I arrived Kenya last October twenty five and I, I reached Rotamo last November one. So probably I am one year. One and a half one and a half months only. Past one year. Yeah, yeah. So, um where are you living when whilst you're
0: here? Where are you staying?
1: When now now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm living at Timboni. It's it's part of Batam also. So do you have a room or what do you Yeah, have? I have a room. I have a room then where I can live. Uh, just a one bin, one bedroom with toilet and kitchen like that. Simple. Self contained rooms actually.
0: And who cooks?
1: Yeah, me. It's you? me. I, I so didn't want to cook.
0: Are you missing your Philippine food? Because Philippine uh, food is
1: so nice. Actually, I'm, I'm cooking <laughs> Filipino dishes. <laughs> You're cooking them here? Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. And do you have you tried the African cuisine here? Yeah,
1: of course, also. Because usually, like, we have the in-country training, uh, one-week training here in Kenya. Yeah, it's still very delicious, the African, the Swahili foods.
0: Okay, so you've had ugali?
1: Yeah, of course, the ugali, the... The Samaki, the Pilao, the, the Karanga, like that.
0: And have you, do you like, this is amazing sisal and cashew area, eh? Uh, yeah. Do you get good cashews here? Cashew uh, nuts?
1: I have not yet tasted cashew. Ah, <laughs> oh,
0: so they look so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mangoes? So.
1: Mangoes I've tasted, yeah, because they're abundant in the in the Feud. village. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mangoes, banana.
0: Do you work with school children?
1: No. Mm. Do you mobilize yeah, them? No, it's part of our programs but most of no but most of the time I'm I'm more uh, <coughs> exposed to the to the fishermen like that. But we have we have also conducted some activities like beats cleanup. Oh which yes Which was participated with the child with the school children like that. Um, so
0: I remember something about hawksbills and all these turtles tend to eat plastic bags yeah. because they think they're yeah, jellyfish. They thought,
1: yeah, they thought it was jellyfish
0: ha ah. yeah, yeah, same problem here same problem
1: Actually okay we have some 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 education yeah,
0: over education, there, yeah, let's go over there and have a look at it Where? over there okay, so we're standing here in the interpretive center interpretive area, yeah. so now we have the green sea turtle, and it's called what is it called in Swahili? Casa Kawaida. Casa Kawaida. It says, I'm called a green turtle because my body fat is greenish. This is because I eat green, uh, eat seagrass and algae. Okay. Sadly, I'm hunted because I taste good. Yeah. Okay, so here we have the leather back and it's
1: Casa n- it? nguzi. 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 You want
0: to read what it says for us?
1: I am the biggest turtle. I grow to... Three meters. I'm the only turtle with no shell. I have tough leathery skin instead. I eat jellyfish and I can dive as deep as one kilometer to get them. This is as deep as a hole as a whale dives.
0: Wow, that's the leatherback. <laughs> so
1: yeah, that's a leatherback.
0: And here's the Hawksbill, and that's the one we have here uh, being rescued, um, and it's Casa Ngamba. Ngamba. Okay, read it.
1: I'm called a hawksbill turtle because of my hook beak. I used it to eat sponges and soft corals. I have the most beautiful shell of all turtles, but this means there aren't many of us left because people want our shells for jewelry. Wow, that's, what I mean. that's
0: amazing. So all these things, and it looks like you do programs with children. Yeah. we Since we built our rescue center, we have treated 52 turtles, and we have saved and released 36 of them. Sadly, 15 died. And it's all translated in Swahili yeah, as yeah. well. And this thing, tell me what it says here. This
1: rescue center was built with the funding from IFAO, IFAO. International Fund for Animal Welfare. Wow. So, so IFAO is one of the funding donors for Local Ocean Trust.
0: So, mm. what's really interesting here is that we have the uh, EFAL here, we have the local Ocean Trust, yeah. we have all these groups together and yeah. VSO is working with yeah. them yeah. and providing a really excellent volunteer. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes do the uh, local people look at you and say, my goodness, where are you from?
1: Yeah, yeah, you, they usually ask me what I'm doing here, so I, I told them that I, I work with a local Ocean Trust to assist in implementing the programs and services. and. I'm more, my function is more on the community mobilization,
0: uh-huh.
1: assisting the fishermen in how to manage the organization, how how they how they will conserve the environment, especially the marine resources, and most of all to take care of the turtles, which is the main yeah. main function or main objective of local Ocean Trust.
0: So how's your uh, Swahili doing?
1: Yeah, I'm still learning actually because, you know, <coughs> It's, it's not really easy to learn Swahili.
0: No, so jambo. Habari gani. Uzuri. <laughs> <I'm laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm
1: still really learning. Oh.
0: I mean, is that does that come in the way if you don't speak Swahili?
1: Yeah, but actually some of the, especially in, in community groups, usually the, the leaders, they, they know how to speak English. Okay. So they, usually they would act as an interpreter okay. during discussion like that. But it depends. Also, there are some some groups that uh, they they literally learn a lot about it's English, so it's not a problem in in communicating with them. And so explaining those different.
0: Oh, okay. Things. So now we're here, and we're under this beautiful hut and uh, roof, and we've got this interpretive center. We've got this marine rescue area. Where's the beach?
1: The beach is is out there. How far? How. Along, along, along the highway, there, there are, there are some plots and there are some, some, some roads towards the beach.
0: Oh, so this isn't on the beach, this property?
1: N- not necessarily. No, it's, no. Not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a beach property. Okay. The other side,
0: the where the marine reserve is. Are you going dive? Are you going swimming today?
1: No, I'm not going swimming. But we can, <laughs> we can guide you in where. Where, where is this it's good. Area. Yeah.
0: Because I said he was shocked to see Diani have hardly any coral reef, and um, that's
1: we can go to the beach so that that you can see the the beauty of the Tamu Bay.
0: Okay, I'd love to do that and and see where we could go snorkeling later Ah, or swimming, and because we didn't bring our snorkeling gear. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) After two
0: years, (laughs) after two years, you're not going to the Philippines from now till then.
1: Yeah, because you know it's
0: expensive.
1: Expensive. And I have no money to <laughs> Because it's yeah, the the plane ticket is very expensive actually.
0: So when you um, come here, uh, what was your reason to come here? You have a wife, two yeah, children?
1: Yeah. yeah actually it's For <laughs> <to laughs> me it's, it's really uh, like looking for a new looking for a new style of job like that. Because you know I've been I've been working in the Philippines as an uh, NGO worker for almost almost twenty years. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Because i mean i started uh, working as an NGO worker for last ni- 1989. Wow. Yeah. Oh my yeah. So you needed a break. So I think I needed a break, and perhaps I could share my skills to other countries aside from the Philippines. Yes. So, so, so when I started, uh, yeah, I some of my friends told me that yeah, you can apply as volunteers, in, and they said VSO. So I tried to I go to the internet and try to scan the website like that. Yeah. So I tried to apply. Then one week later they, they responded me. They replied and to they asked me to fill up the application form like that. Yes. And then so and then another uh, two days later they they called me for the telephone interview. Wow! Fast. Yeah, that 45-minute that, yeah, that telephone interview. So they asked me, yeah, if I'm really interested in that, to, I'm willing, um, whether I am be willing to assign to other countries. Mm-hmm. So I told them, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then they told me, and then the following day, they sent me an email uh, asking me to, to attend in an assessment day. Okay. Yes. Assessment. So that's the time that you will be uh, assessed. Assessed. Uh, asking so many questions like that, and yeah, exams. And hope and be eventually I passed the assessment day, and then two weeks later I attended the they have scheduled the preparation for change seminar like that. Yes. Preparation yeah, for change. PhD. Yes. Yes. It's, I think it's a 3-day seminar. Yes, to help you yeah, get ready to go. To Did they
0: ever tell you how much you'd miss your family?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but during the seminar, they already uh, uh, instructed us that, yeah, that's really the, prog- that's really the problem if you go, you go to abroad like that. That's one of the, actually, some of the considerations.
0: Yeah. But well, he's got a wife and two children. And how old are your children?
1: uh 14 and 15
0: oh for, this is a good time not to be around <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually it's
1: they're, really, they're they're really old enough like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So they can they can prepare on their own like they're going to school like that
0: Huh. so your manager is he do you think he's around
1: i think he's still still in his house
0: <laughs> okay well let's just go out there and hang out so we're at the Ocean Trust and we've got um, Drusmo and your manager's name is?
1: Rob Markham.
0: Rob Markham. And Rob, tell us about your project. It sounds like it's really collaborative. There are lots of people working here.
2: Yeah, the project's been going since, um, it started in the 19, 1970s really, where I mean, there was a woman that was quite upset about what was happening on the piece of beach close to us where female turtles were coming ashore to make nests and lay their eggs and they were being allowed to do that, but as soon as they were going back to the water they were slaughtering the turtles and eating the eggs, people were taking the eggs so um, she formed a a conservation group and out of that conservation group in 1997, the time Turtle Watch was started and then they soon realized after forming Watama Turtle Watch that you can't just conserve turtles without also getting to the people. It, it needs to be a holistic approach. So they formed Local Ocean Trust, which is an umbrella body or a trust, which um, has within it Watama Turtle Watch, which is still the, the conservation project for sea turtles. But Local Ocean Trust allowed um, education and community development to come into, into the programs as well. So in the programs we've got sea turtle and marine conservation programs and then we've got education and community development programs so, so we've got those two sets of programs the the conservation programs are incredibly important obviously because they they, they are our main business we are core business yes but as I mentioned you can't do sea t- turtle conservation work or marine conservation work without also um, getting to the people so we work in 21 schools and nine kindergartens that's getting to about 10,400 students indirectly mm-hmm. directly it's about 1,200 students that we get to we have all sorts of programs within schools um, where there is education. We have patrons or uh, people who are in charge of those clubs that are within the schools. We also have information boards at the schools where the message gets out to all the scholars that are in that school. We involve them in drama festivals, in uh, sand art competitions, especially for the young ones, Uh um, in beach cleanups. So in drama festivals, they get involved in poetry, in songs, in acting out as a turtle, or about hunting turtles, or about not hunting turtles, or pretty stories about um, animals like, like sea turtles. And then we've got a marine education center, which is up at the supermarket, Simon's supermarket, where...
0: Oh, I have to go there. We've
2: got a, a, a good book library on marine conservation as well as sea turtle conservation. We've got DVDs and videos, uh, TV monitors, as well as DVD machines, video machines. There too, we, it's not just for schools, it's also for community groups and fisher groups that come in. They have meetings there. We try and assist them with the type of work that Jerry's doing is, is uh, capacity building their institutions, capacity building their understanding of what uh, institutions are all about. So when they form a beach management unit, what does it actually mean? Who's in charge? Mm-hmm. What are the bylaws? What are the understanding? How does the democratic process work within those institutions. We assist them with typing of letters, if they need to type letters and send them out. And we assist them as a meeting place. It's a place for community to come and meet and, and have their meetings. Um,
0: I, I wonder, you're very focused on the people and on, on making sure they understand about the sea turtles, it, what, how important it is and etc well, what about the farming community and its impact on the marine environment for example do the sisal farms and the um, the cashew nut farms use a lot of herbicides and pesticides that affect the marine environment
2: so i think we we're fairly lucky here in that we've got I'm not too sure to answer your question off right off off the top. I'm not I'm not quite sure okay. what insecticides they use. I don't think there's a lot of money around to be using insecticides. The sisal okay. farms are quite a long way from here. All right. They also quite far from the the, the coast. Yes. Um, and then the other. It's also, it's very flat land, it's very sandy land. Yes. It's very dry land most of the time. Oh, okay. And I doubt whether there's any leaching that takes place. Okay, right But it could actually happen. It's something that it would need to be investigated at some stage. I
0: was just remembering in Costa Rica, for example, they would, um, the banana farms there. Yeah. I it's in a wetter area. Mm. So they're lo- using lots of herbicides and pesticides. And then when they can't empty it out on the on the property, they just fly over the coral reef and yeah. dump it there. And it's just killing oh, it's horrific, it. Yeah. Mm, and that's very hard on the entire ecosystem, yeah.
2: huh? I mean, we have problems here where... It's been stopped now, but the commercialization of taking out mangroves—yes, now where people come from Mombasa in big trucks and they and they load up masses and masses of mangrove trees. Mangrove trees are fantastic for building. So, so They're tough. So strong, and they they last forever because they've grown in water and yes. nothing attacks them in, for, in forms of insects and things like that. Right. And it's okay for individuals to take those mangroves, but when they commercialise it, then you're going to have a huge impact because mm. any. Um, any silt that does get into the creek, then is the is going to remain turbid because the mangroves aren't going to be able to trap it. Yeah. And that affects the sea grasses as well as the uh, corals. the corals as well. Yeah, big time. Uh, mm. So it does impact on the turtles.
0: So um three species of turtles that you've focused on here. And then but you're also looking at the entire coral reef ecology, right? Because it's all interwoven. It's all
2: interlinked. Yeah, it's all interlinked. We look at we we specifically, in our campaigning right now, we look at the 30 meter uh, riparian zone, which is a it's a, go, it's a strip of land behind any marine protected area. It's a strange law in, in Kenya, where you have a marine protected area, you have 30 meters behind that, which is protected. When oh. you don't have a marine protected area, you have 60 meters that is protected. Oh
0: my god, so smaller!
2: So, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and we make sure that no one develops into that thirty meters. We shout long and hard when that does happen because that's the favoured site of the nesting turtle, anyway. Um. Thirty meters above the high water mark is where, in that area, that they actually want to create their nest. The um. So, in the in the sea turtle conservation work, we have a nest protection and monitoring program where every night of the year we we uh, walk the beach, and we uh, make sure that we we. Note every turtle that comes ashore, whether she does make a nest or doesn't make a nest.
0: Tag it too?
2: We will tag them, we measure them as well, and then we get to know those turtles. They come ashore five, six, seven, eight times in a breeding season. Really? So they do come ashore many times. Then we've got a, um, with those nests, we, we know where the nest has been laid. We GPS that site as well, and then we know when, that ha- when it's going to hatch. And we help those youngsters by creating a runway from there to the sea. We don't pick them up or anything because they must do that by themselves. And then we excavate every nest that's hatched. Two days after it's hatched, we go in and we dig everything out to see what the success rate of that, that nest is by counting mm. all the heads. And then, uh, the important program that we've got here is a net release program where fishermen catch the, the turtles in their nets. In the past they use, and that's mainly in meter Creek. In the past they used to slaughter the, the turtles, um, because it was part of their food, and these are really poverty struck fishermen as well. Um, and now they hand those turtles to us, and we give them a small compensation in hundreds of shillings, whereas the turtles worth thousands of shillings are taken to a fish trader for eating, mm-hmm. or for its oil. Um, and they now deliver those animals to us. The first year we say we rescued some 16 turtles in 1997 and last month we rescued 122. Last year 622. So the numbers have gone. Success. We're getting more and more people that are actually bringing them in. But you see, we also assist by helping to organize the fishermen into beach management units. Beach management units are registered with the fisheries department. And they have certain bylaws that they then need to abide by. Okay. And they run their democratic process as well by electing an ex- executive committee. They have portfolios for different people. Hmm. Um, so they're quite a, well-organized groups. And in those groups, they would be watching each other as well. In other words, if I was a, an old sea turtle poacher, and I was in the same group as Jerry, Jerry would be watching me to see whether I'm still a poacher or not. You know, and they need to be able to report me to the group.
0: So when you began to recruit you got your funding your I mean it's always a struggle getting funding Tell me a bit about your funding sources here
2: the funding is is a problem we initially got I've only been here for the last year um, and I'm the third manager in a, in, in line uh-huh. um, so we've had two others that were here for four years each and um, Funding has been an issue, what happens with funding generally is that there are those that will assist you to start but they won't continue with funding for much, so all the time you have got to look for new funders, but at the present we funded by I4, which is the International Fund for Animal Welfare, by Whisper, which is the World Society for Protection of Animals, mm-hmm. by AFU, which is the African Fund for Endangered Wildlife, which is all about the Rothschild uh, Giraffe, and then by Disney. And Disney at the moment is a growing fund. They find that we are one of the only marine projects that they've got, um, certainly in East Africa. And they love the work that we do. They understand that we're doing good work. and they, uh, it's, it's, it's a growing fund at the moment.
0: So if there's anyone out there that's interested in sea turtles, and the three ones we mentioned earlier, um, you can contact this centre directly, and uh, if you want to contribute directly, is there a way they yeah. can do that?
2: And We've got got a, a web page which is watamaturtles.com watamu turtles dot com and then we've also got a, a blog through wildlife direct um, that blog is is proving to be quite difficult because of our intermittent email linkage and with obviously with a blog you need daily stories and you need to update those that's we fine. don't always have the staff to be able to do that yes. but we do have a blog out there as well that's looking for uh, Canadian dollars,
0: mm-hmm. US dollars, some pieces sort of money, not very yeah. money. Yeah, well, you know, QSO vsO is merged now in Canada, and, so we have uh, the old QSO and uh, the old vsO working together. So we're Canada and the United States now. Okay. And mm-hmm. my job is outreach officer for all of Western Canada, mm. uh, all the way from Alaska down to California. Mm. And so I came to Kenya to uh, actually be able to tell the story of some of the VSO volunteers that are in the field and actually explain how international the organization has become, where we'll sit with somebody originally from South Africa. Is that where you're originally from? And somebody from the Philippines and someone like me originally from Uganda. And we can sit together and work on one project together. And uh, I think the world has become a more collaborative place and yeah. a place where we can work together to save things, very important things like sea turtles. So, global warming. Any, do you see any effect uh, with that in sea turtles?
2: Global warming is going to cause that, um, the rise in sea levels, which is going to impact on developments that have actually crept towards the sea. Oh. You know, with their sea walls to protect property from the might of the sea. Yes. I mean, I I understand that those seawalls play very little role, other than to erode the beach away. Right. Um, and anybody, we we quite often seem to get in such a beautiful piece of coast here. You seem to get people with more money than sense, and they want to, to develop as close to the sea as possible. And um, I can see that in time, with the with rising sea levels because of global warming, that's that's all going to have to disappear. It's all going to have to move back. Now what we've been saying for some time is that there shouldn't even be trees grown in that the coastal zone, on the terrestrial part of the coastal zone, coming close to the sea, because that traps the soil and it holds the soil. And there's evidence on our beach to show that where the trees have been grown, the silky oaks, casuarinas from Australia, that the bank is now falling away and you're getting a big um, drop off and there are turtles that quite often come and they're looking for places to come and nest and they, they're also getting trapped under that because it then falls on top of oh, it. Oh, wow. Whereas you should have just a, a soft, malleable, um, light vegetation. As it's a dune. So that mm. it's, when the water does come up, there's not going to be too much change that takes place because it can just creep across that and take some of it, but there will still be more. Whereas if, when you're trying to trap it and hold it back, that's when there's going to be. There are going to be huge problems on this piece of coast, I can see.
0: So, when you, when you started to uh, look for uh, volunteers to work in the field, um, how, when did you start with VSO? Was it you that... Was it no, the
2: first, it was Steve Trot that started last year. We had our first uh, VSO volunteer come across from India. Oh, really? And, but as soon after he got here, I think he'd been here for two months, he had a problem with his family, I think his father was very ill and he went back to India and he wasn't able
0: to return. Okay, so part of my recruitment area is uh, Hawaii and uh, I'm sure there are lots of people there very interested in the subject and good marine biologists. So mm. I'll encourage them to go to the website and mm. apply. And Jarosmo was telling yeah. us, Jerry was telling us yeah. about his application yeah. process. And uh, so he's doing work with you and you hope he doesn't miss home too much, <laughs> and he stays.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> well, seems to have settled in quite well. Uh, he, he sent one or two emails from here, and um, he seems to be a, a happy person. He's fitted in incredibly well, very quickly. Mm. Um, he, he seems to accept his lot in life as well. You know, this is where it's going to be, and this is where it's going to be, and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. He's cha- busy changing accommodation at the moment to make sure that he's protecting VSO uh, materials like the motorbike property. Yes. And he also wants a, a, a better place for himself, which is which is good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, he's fitted in incredibly well. Yeah. Wow. And, and from the work that I've heard that he's doing, um, where he's capacity building with um, with Groups that are out there that have very little idea of how institutions should actually work. I think he's he's got a tremendous uh, input here. I think value.
0: hey, Jerry, high five! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's happening, and you know that um, when it comes to in, you know interesting sources of funding and etc. Y- we're uh, the VSO federations happy to you know help with particular projects that. Um, that we have, I mean, in Vancouver, we have the Vancouver Aquarium, which is huge, has huge funding opportunities okay. yeah. and things yeah. like that, and really care about sea turtles and have for a long time. Yeah. Right. So there's lots of things and resources, if you if you need communication resources for sea turtles, um, uh, please just contact us and we'll be happy to send you something. And, more important is that we want to stay in touch with our volunteers during their project and when they leave as well, because you guys are our gold, because you help us figure out you help us recruit more volunteers, you help the co- with the continuity of the organization, and it's really, really important for people to know what is it like to be a volunteer? What's it like when you arrive at airports? For example, when you arrived, you arrived in Nairobi, then you took a flight to Mombasa. Who picked you up?
1: Yeah, actually, <coughs> when we arrived in Nairobi, a colleague, uh, Edmo uh, Muye, is, is attending the ICT, and after the training, we're <coughs> he he accompanied me going to Otamu, but by bus. Oh, by bus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Eight hours or
2: something? What, how many hours? Yeah, from oh Nairobi to
1: Mombasa, I think it's eight hours, mm-hmm. and then from Mombasa to Otamu, it's another two hours.
0: We met some some um, a girl from England yesterday, also doing a project.
1: Is it Hannah or Avi? Sorry,
0: Emma
2: Emma (laughs) Jolly.
0: Emma Jolly. Jolly. So you get to see other VSO volunteers in the field. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Emma Jolly is involved in a very interesting program with uh, sex trade workers and HIV/AIDS prevention. So where is she based? In uh, In Mombasa. Mombasa. But we saw her at Diani Beach, uh, at the uh-huh. Indian Okunda, Dian- uh-huh. and uh-huh. we were um, really happy to sit in a circle with all yeah. the people there. And yeah,
1: because uh, every quarter we have a, we call it BSOC meeting like that, we're all the volunteers along the coast will have a meeting. Oh, that must sharing, be nice. Sharing our experiences, the issues,
2: yeah. concerns. And mm-hmm. One other thing that I would like to mention based on what you were talking about Vancouver and the aquarium and the interest in sea turtles and that sort of thing. Is one of our trustees, you know, we have a board of trustees. One, one of the local trustees, because we have two overseas, one of Del- in the Mekong Delta in Cambodia and one in Germany. Wow. She was in New York when I first joined and then she went to England and now she's in Germany. But one of the local ones has said that ideally they would like the center to to move almost beyond turtles into uh, a marine research center oh. to use it as a base, these very offices. Yes. Yes. We've just built some volunteer accommodation alongside here, because we own both plots. And we would like researchers from around the world, because we don't do any research as such. We, we collect data, but we don't analyze it. We capture it, but we don't analyze it. Oh. We don't write up. We don't have the time to do that no. in our small group. That what is.
0: an opportunity!
2: So, for people to come across. Now, there's quite a lot of, of red tape, I think, to be able to do research. First of all, just in Kenya. To do any work in Kenya, you've got to have a, uh, a work permit, okay? But otherwise, you take, and you can't volunteer either in Kenya without taking away something from somebody else, okay? Yeah, I wondered about the that. Danger. So there's that, and then there's a research permit that's required. Then we also, because we are so, um, we live adjacent to the Marine National Park and the Marine National Reserve, we need permission from KWS. Kenya Wildlife Service to be able to operate in their areas. We used to do research, we used to have people that came in and did sea urchin work to see what was happening mm. with the sea grasses. Mm. But all of that has been stopped. They said, no your volunteers are no longer allowed to go into the water and, and see our beauty here without paying your ten dollars a day and without um, doing research that they're not getting the, the full benefit from and it must be handled properly. So there's still that ideal that we would like to head towards being a marine marine research center on the coast of East Africa mm-hmm. in time to come. So that's something that we may be able to work together towards. You know, mm-hmm, if you keep ab- that in the back of your mind, Adel? and you mention it to people.
0: Absolutely. Being a marine biologist, it's uh, always on my agenda. <laughs> so I'm going to turn this off and, and uh, stop this, unless there was something else that you wanted to add. in it.